Okay. All right, let's look in uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter, chapter 5 is where I want to be here. And uh, <clears throat> this, is, this is a story right after uh, the demon of Gadara, whatever, which was the legion, you know, bunches of them, whatever. But anyway, it's just more of, uh, you know, where, what Jesus was doing. And, uh, oh, and then when he comes to a certain place, that's just one miracle after another. And remember, when we see these miracles and we see what happened, we are already beyond knowing that Jesus is the Messiah. You know, where it's not it's not a matter of, well, you know, well, you know, doggone it, I believe he's the Son of God. Well, we've already got that part. But even if you think at that level, what's happening to all these people? This is fantastic. I mean, there's actually people that like the demon of Gadara in Mark chapter chapter five in verses one through twenty, but now here we're, uh, we're starting at verse 21. So watch this. When Jesus had gone across by boat, and then this is the Living Bible, to the other side of the lake, a vast crowd gathered together around him on the shore. <clears throat> now, again, you ask these questions. Why did a big crowd come? Well, they're the religious people. No, they weren't either. Mm-mm. These people had problems just like you and I do today. We're faced with all kinds of things. We can't even name. As a matter of fact, we wouldn't. We keep a lot of stuff to ourselves or whatever. But, you know, you find out when you hang around Jesus, your problem is just like butter getting too close to a heat source. It melts. Jesus fixes everything. And uh, watch this. So when he crossed uh, by boat to the other side of the lake, a vast crowd gathered around him on the other shore. The leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, came down and fell before him. Well, now we got somebody's name. You might as well use your name, okay? So you showed up and fell before him pleading with him to, wow, here it is again, heal his little daughter. Something was going on here, so let's keep reading and see what happens. She is at the point of death, he said in desperation. You know, sometimes we just need to get a hold of things and realize there's not anything you can do and just forget it. Well, no, not if you hang around with Jesus. If you go to Jesus, it's never over with. You know, we as Christians can either be the happiest people on this earth or we can be the most defeated and we can share that defeat. And it's really ridiculous. Sometimes you may turn on the radio, you may hear a song and you think, well, great, this is going to be about Jesus. But (laughs) it has the name of Jesus in it and he's referencing our Jesus, but he's talking about how sometimes it don't work. And you don't need to listen to that because when you read the Bible, you don't read about how it doesn't work. You read about how it does work. And your faith matters, as we're going to see in this story. She is at the point of death, he said in desperation. Please come and place your hands on her and make her live. Well, I tell you, this Jairus fella, he had it figured out. He said that, Jesus, you just come and heal her and she's going to be okay. Verse 24, Jesus went with him and the crowd thronged behind him. Now, let's don't miss something right here. This is not just filler because we need something to keep Christians busy. No, Jesus went with him. Wow. And, you know, Jesus goes with you and I if we'll just simply believe. He doesn't leave us, but I'm telling you, when we decide, you know, that, well, there's nothing Jesus can do, well, then your book's closed at that point. But I'm not going to let the book be closed right there, and I don't think you are either. And notice what else happened. And the crowd thronged behind him. Again, today, we have a Jesus that nobody wants. Most of the time, people don't even want to talk about Jesus. But that's not the way it is for you and I. I can't help but talk about him because it's one miracle after another. 
One problem after another I face. One Jesus miracle right after another. He's fixing everything. And when you're involved in stuff like that, you find out that there's other people just like you and me that we are crowding around Jesus. Again, where are we going? Well, obviously we're going to Jairus' house to make this little daughter uh, live. Anyway, in the crowd, a woman who had been sick for 12 years. Again, I know she's with a hemorrhage. But anyway, again, all this stuff is about what? Learning to be a better Christian? No. You're going to wind up being a better Christian. You stick close to Jesus, the things that are messing up in your life will turn around. Say like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was an evil IRS person. (laughs) You know, he was a tax collector. He was cheating people out, and you can imagine without much, uh, even though they did keep records and stuff, it was still easy, like it's easy today for our IRS to get involved in scandal like they have. So a guy by the name of Zacchaeus in the book of Luke, remember this story, he was a wee little man. I thank God for my little Sunday school and vacation Bible school stories and songs. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree, the Lord he wanted to see. Well, as I got older, I can't get rid of that silly song and you wonder what it's about and you find out. Well, the story was that Zacchaeus saw this great throng of people, and they were not religious people. They were people that loved Jesus because they knew He was God in the flesh, and God loves them, and God would help them. And this crowd, he's wee, he's little, so he climbs up in a sycamore tree, and think about it being you. You are not good to people when it comes to finances if you were him. You were stealing from them. You were saying, well, you owe this much taxes and whatever and all this kind of stuff. But you still wanted to get that hunger in your heart for God solved. And you heard this was God. So you climb up in a tree trying to see this man named Jesus. And you know the story. People around him weren't saying, hey, Zacchaeus is coming. It's time for your cue, Jesus. On, on one, look up. now." Jesus knows every one of us. He knows the hairs on our head. And when Jesus come through there, he looked up there and he said, Zacchaeus knew him by his name. It's amazing. How many times when you read your Bible, you find out Jesus knew their name. He didn't say, well, let me introduce you to somebody. He knew their name. When Jesus met Peter, he said, thou art Simon. You shall be called Peter. He already said, you don't have to introduce me. I know who you are. Hmm. You know, wow. But anyway, he told Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And so Jesus went with him to his house and there were people, religious people were mad about it. What are you going over to his house for? Remember that? But anyway, Zacchaeus stood up at the table and he said, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to give it back to them sevenfold or fourfold, whatever he said. And the Lord said, when he said that, he said, whoops. He told him, he said, salvation has come to this man. And the reason was because he was a child of Abraham. He didn't say, because you know you're acting good now, Zach. Mm -mm. Because you're a child. You're a child. So anyway, so this daughter's at the point of death. Jesus is following and all these people are following too. I mean, really, they're like, I ain't anything better to do. And besides this, Jesus is all that matters. He'll fix everything else I got wrong in my life. Anyway, and in the crowd, there was a woman who had been sick for 12 years with a hemorrhage. 
Now, I don't know about you, but if you can't stop bleeding, you know, your heart's going to rate's going to go up. I remember one time I cut myself one time and I thought, oh, wow, I put something over it and I released it. <laughs> it still didn't quit. And that went on for about 15 minutes. And boy, that'll get your heart rate up. And if you do any other kind of cutting, if you get in a car wreck or whatever, and you realize you're bleeding, I mean, you can really get to worrying. Well, how would you feel if you've been bleeding for 12 years? You might think after one year, you're hopeless. You might as well forget it. But you know what? This woman, when we're dealing with Jesus here, she did the right thing. In the crowd was a woman that was sick for 12 years with a hemorrhage. She suffered much from many doctors through the years and had become poor from paying them. Wow, several things here. Now she's dirt broke. And was no better, but in fact was worse. You know, I tell you what, when things get worse, if you go to Jesus, that's all you need to do. It'll just fix it. Again, why is this story in the Bible? And why are we looking at this today? I mean, you can just blame me and say, Richard just picked out this path. Well, even if I did, it's still in your Bible. It's still singing the whole time. But we're going to go ahead and keep working on this thing for the next 15 minutes. Let's see what happens. So anyway, <clears throat> she was worse. And I don't care how bad your problems are. Even when they're worse, we know what's going to happen. She had heard all about the wonderful miracles Jesus did. Now, I want us to come back to this, but I want to show you something fantastic. Oh, <clears throat> all the wonderful miracles Jesus did. That was the reason she came. Let's go to the book of John, and you should be able to memorize where this is. It's the very last verse in uh, the book of John here. Look at that. The very last, you know, John 3.16. Where is that at? Oh, John. Okay. The last verse of John. Look at this. In the last chapter. And I suppose that if all the other events in Jesus' life were written, the whole world couldn't hardly contain the books. Now, John, you just started lying there. You just said a five-pound bass was a 12-pound bass, you know. It was a big buck. It wasn't no measly little five-point. It was huge. You're just exaggerating. No, uh-uh. This is not an exaggeration. Now, if you were reading the book of John, and I remember when I was 16 years old, Brother Dick Tomasi, and I asked him, I said, what do you think I need to read, you know? And he said, read the book of John. And I remember, I didn't really recall that verse, but I did remember reading the whole book of John. But nonetheless, when you get to the end, and you find out that, you know, I suppose that if all the other events in Jesus' life were written, the whole world couldn't hardly contain the books. How long does it tell you to be nice to people? Not very long. That's not what he's referencing, is he? Jesus' life alone told us that we need to treat one another nicely. You know? But I tell you what, this world as we know it, you can look outside and just take your pick and find where problems are. But I tell you what, where problems are, you've got Jesus to be the answer everywhere. And it's not just some sort of heartfelt thing. It said other events in Jesus' life. Wow, my goodness. <clears throat> were written. Uh, let me go back here just a second. Look at the, the last, verse, last verse of the chapter 20 in the same book. Jesus' disciples saw him do many other miracles besides this one told about in this book. But these are recorded so that you'll believe that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing in him you'll have life 
Now look at the reason for the miracles. The reason for the miracles was for what? To point us to Jesus. So why is it today we have this agging, annoying, Jesus will not do anything anymore? Well, you, you should smell that rat out and find out, you know what? That's not from the Lord because God wants to do miracles <clears throat> because he's trying to tell others so much about himself. Okay, now back to Mark chapter, chapter 5 here. So let's see what happens. So he crosses over the water. Jairus meets him. And at the same time, this woman who's sick has come to him. And she is far worse in her situation. Verse 27, she heard about all the wonderful miracles Jesus did. And that's why she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his clothes. For she thought to herself. Now see, at this point, she's on her own. She's not mentioned this to anybody. She thought to herself, if I can just touch his clothing... I will be healed. Oh, really? She needs to meet with some of some people that I know because you can't put God in a box. Well, this woman said you can put him in a box. Matter of fact, when you think about putting him in a box, I'm thinking about what I read in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant. And the Living Bible actually calls the mercy seat. It's called the place of mercy. Not like mercy seat. That's good. I've heard it all my life. The mercy seat. The mercy seat. What in the world is it? And the Living Bible comes along. The place of mercy. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know. I mean, all of God is referenced right there in the Ark of the Covenant. Nobody but the high priest could go in there in the Old Testament. You couldn't go in there. And guess what it's called? The place of mercy. Hallelujah. That thing was, uh, was designed, God told Moses, to make it exactly the way I want it made. And two angels were facing each other. Their wings were touching. And they were looking across that mercy seat. Praise the Lord. So angels know you and I have mercy. God knows you and I have mercy. So this woman here, what was she doing? I got mercy. I'm going in there. You know, David sang over and over again in the Psalms. He says, you know, thy loving kindness is better than life. His mercy endures forever. For she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And sure enough, as soon as she touched him, what happened? Well, you know the story. Her bleeding stopped. Wow. And she knew she was well. Interesting. Verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now, remember... This is not two or three Christians together going on a journey and nobody wants to go. Jesus talked them into it. No, there is a crowd. There is a throng of people. Who touched me? Now, I got to believe his disciples got the giggles right here. You know, your Lord, they knew he was Lord. He turns around and says, hey, somebody touched me. I'm sure Philip was going, oh, brother. Somebody touched Jesus. Yeah, this is going to be a joke. He's going to joke with us here. Something's going on. Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, all this crowd is pressing around you. And you ask who touched you? Mm. But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Now, again, this story is written in Matthew and it's written in Mark and it's written in Luke. So it's got to be a reason for it. You can find this same story. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. Now, let's think for a moment, why did Jesus stop? Why did Jesus stop to find out who touched me? This woman was already healed. She already was thankful. 
She already got her miracle from God. So why do we have the details? Because just like this woman, you can be facing something in your life no matter what it is. I mean, facing something now. And don't worry about it. You face something again tomorrow. Just do the same thing this woman did. If I can just get my Bible. If I can just read that Bible and look at one of my favorite promises, I'll be whole. Absolutely. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. So anyway, she fell down at his feet, told him what she had done. Well, we know what she had done. She said, Lord, I was just saying if I could just touch your clothes, I'd be healed. So that's what she said. He said to her, daughter. You know, we have so got to get this. Our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, your Father, which is in heaven. We have got to let this get on the inside of us. Quit thinking that, you know, uh, it's just all about uh, the title God. And He's possibly unhappy with us all the time. No. Is your daddy on earth unhappy with you all the time? Is your mother on earth unhappy with you all the time? I don't think so. Daughter, look at this. I made you whole. No, I read that wrong. That's not what he said, is it? Richard, you didn't have anything to do with this. Is that what he said? No. He actually said, daughter, your faith made you well. Well, she already believed in Jesus. Well, that's not what she believed here. She believed if I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. You know, you've got to believe that whatever 12-year-long problem you've got is going to get fixed. It's going to be stopped. We're talking Jesus who had to deal with Mary and Martha when they both told him when Lazarus died, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. Well, yeah, better late than never, you know, was their attitude. I mean, almost. Your faith made you well. And he said, go in peace, healed of your disease. Sometimes we think I get a little back relief and the Lord blessed me a little bit. And then the next day, a little bit of pain comes back in and we start saying, you know, I guess this is a cross I have to bear. Boy, I hear that. I hear people go through troubles and they go, this is the cross I have to bear. No, let me tell you something. Jesus' cross was the cross that had to be bore. All you got to do is just go alongside of him and say, you know what, Jesus, you bore it all for me. There's no other cross that we could bear. You should walk away from every one of your problems. It actually should bother you really bad. When you read the Psalms or read the Bible in anywhere, Join yourself with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and jump in that fire with them. Guess what? Might as well limber up and enjoy it. Because there's an angel in there and you don't even smell like smoke. You're not going to burn. So anyway, your faith made you well. Go in peace, healed of your disease. Now, remember, we had two problems here. There was Jairus. While he was still talking to her, messengers arrived from Jairus' home with the news that it was, look at this, too late. Now you can quit reading there and go, golly bum, that's bad, and close the book. But don't do that. It wasn't too late. But they said it's too late. His daughter was dead. There was no point in Jesus coming now. But you know what? Throngs of people were still coming. Herod... Even when Jesus went before Pilate, Pilate sent him, when he found out he was from Galilee, he said, well, that's Herod's district. He sent him over to Herod. Herod was standing there going, okay, Jesus, I want to see a miracle. Of course, Jesus just stood there. Why not? He already done millions of them. I mean, 
Even the uh, pilots, no, excuse me, the high priest servant, when his ear got cut off, Jesus fixed that on the spot. You know, Herod's like, I want to see a miracle. See, he heard about him. <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> Jesus ignored their comments and said to Jairus, "Of course, Jesus, this doesn't make any difference because if it's the Lord's will, it just happens." You know. Well, that's not what Jesus said. He said, woman, your faith made you well. So you can turn that around and say, woman, because you didn't believe, you're going to stay sick for another 12 years. Well, Richard, that's harsh. Harsh? I can read. I'm not dealing with the new math here. I'm dealing with the real Jesus here. If I will believe, I can have these same miracles. And I do. Nobody can ever take that from me. I know. Wow. Wow. I had back trouble this week, and I'm telling you what, I mean, it's like he's gone now. I'm not going to thank somebody else but Jesus. I know who, I know what happened. Okay, verse 37. Then Jesus halted the crowd. Well, actually, excuse me, I didn't finish that out. He said, don't be afraid, just trust me. Then Jesus halted the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go on with him to Jairus' home except Peter and James and John. And they went, uh, excuse me, they arrived. Jesus saw... That all, excuse me, saw that all was in a great confusion uh, with unrestrained weeping and wailing. He went inside and spoke to the people. While this weeping and commotion, he said. Now remember, you got to remember, he knew what he was going to do. And some people misinterpret uh, over there when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. The Bible says that Jesus wept. Yeah, but if you go back and read that, he was weeping because everybody didn't believe anything was going to happen. He told his disciples to raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. He raised the, 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 the widow woman's son at, the, at Nain in the book of Luke. Oh, other people he raised from the dead. I mean, we're talking God in the flesh. God gave breath to Adam. Death is not going to stop God. We've got so much scientific knowledge in our head thinking that there really is no such thing as Jesus. These things just somehow work out or it's a hallmark type moment with God. It's just sort of a lovey-dovey things just kind of work out and it's kind of like, well, there must be a higher power. Let me tell you, there is a higher power. His name's Jesus. He's real. Why all this weeping and commotion? He said, the child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Boy, I mean, Jesus is fixing to prove that. Boy, then they laughed at him in bitter derision. But he told them all to leave and taking the little girl's father and mother uh, and his three disciples, he went into the room where she was lying. Now, I tell you what, Jesus, you're on the spot here. What are you taking the mother and the dad and your three disciples for? I mean, Jesus, if this doesn't work, you're in trouble. You got to remember, the Pharisees pulled Jesus aside. And I think it's, uh, well, I know it is. It's in uh, John chapter John chapter 8. And Jesus was saying, my father works Hitherto, see, they were mad he did miracles on the Sabbath day. And he said, my father works all the time. And you don't know your father. You don't know my father. You don't know where I'm from. And they said, our father's Abraham. And Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he says, and they said to him, well, you're not even 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? And remember what Jesus said? Before Abraham was, I am. Oh, and they picked up rocks to throw at Jesus. Jesus said he existed before Abraham. And if we were bent and sore at all the things Jesus said, we'd have picked up rocks too. But we were with the crowd and we were like, this is God Almighty. He really is God. He was before Abraham. 
So anyway, he takes them in there and he says, now, taking her by the hand, he said to her, get up, little girl. She was 12 years old and she jumped up and walked around. Her parents couldn't get over it. Could you? Wow. Jesus instructed them very earnestly not to tell what had happened, but to do what? I love this last little part. Told her to give her something to eat. He's planning on her living, wasn't he? And I don't care what your problem is. You, you need to put that other stuff to bed. It's gone. Now, let me show you two more things right here real quick. just want to show you they're in the same place. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. And uh, uh, let me get down here to where it is. Here it is. Somebody's mother shows up. Matthew chapter 20. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, brought them to Jesus and respectfully asked a favor. Look at these four little words. What is your request? Jesus didn't say, enough of the Santa Claus stuff. Y'all don't get it. God is mad at you. He wants you to change your life. He wants you to start doing this. Man, when you find out who Jesus is, it's just like your parents you, or your closest friend. You talk to them. I got this to deal with. I need some help. What do you think? I got this to deal with. What do you think? Here's what they requested. He said, uh, he asked, she replied, in your kingdom, will you let my two sons sit on your two thrones next to yours? In other words, one on the left and one on the right. Woo. Watch Jesus tell her why. You're crazy. No, that's not what he said. You don't know what you're asking. Remember this story? He said, you don't know what you're asking. I think Jesus is entertaining the request. Well, if you've read your Bible and you know the rest of what happens in the epistles when Jesus rose from the dead, we're all seated with him in heavenly places. But this was a very big request. And Jesus is not like, quit treating me like a candy store. He's like, okay. Look at this. He said, are you able to drink from the terrible cup I'm about to drink from? And they said, yes, we are able. We're able. And he said, well, you're going to drink from it. But he said, I have no right to say who will sit on the thrones next to mine. Those places are set up for those <clears throat> whom God, who my father selects. And actually, the truth is, we were all selected. Praise the Lord. Well, this same story shows up again in, uh, in, in Mark. Let me get over there. It's Mark 10 this time. Uh, let me get over here to it. Let me get it up to it. Hang on one second. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they came over and spoke to him in a, a low voice. <laughs> Master, we want you to do for us a favor. Again, what is it? What is it? This is in there twice. Well, we want to sit on the thrones next to yours in the kingdom, they said. One at your right and the other one at the left. Of course, Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. And he says, are you willing to drink the cup? And of course, we know that. But Jesus didn't say, forget it, did he? No, of course he didn't. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy. 
you need to make sure you just get this. This is going to be everywhere. He's rich in mercy. For His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has He quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. James and John got it. You're seated with Him in heavenly places. You read the book of Revelation, you see 24 thrones around it. Those 24 thrones is not the 12 tribes of Israel only. There's 12 more representing Jesus' disciples today, which represents you and I. Our names are floating around in the incense, it says in Revelation, uh, with the prayers of the saints. We are right there at the throne. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. If we're sick, we're not feeling good. Lord, if we're struggling financially, that can't last long because we're seated with you in heavenly places and you'll fix that. We're faced with any kind of difficulty, no matter what it is, just like Jairus and this woman with this issue of blood. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you'll fix it. And Lord, we just give you praise. We just thank you. That doesn't leave you left but for us to just tell others about how good you are to us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.